0: Welcome to Rugged Theology, where we talk about church planting, theology, and drink coffee.
1: Hey, welcome to another episode of Rugged Theology. I'm Adam Diamond, a church planter candidate with Malwin Mission, and today's episode is part two of What's the Deal with PSA? I hope you enjoy the second part of this conversation. Um, I think it gets really, really good from this point on. And I apologize for being late. We had a, Things got away from us last week, and we just didn't get the episode out. So I apologize for that. And you can also expect a new episode this Thursday as well. In the meantime, enjoy this conversation. And if you like it, let us know what you think. Yeah, so guys, so moving on here. So some would say it's time for the church to do away with PSA. Um, so what, what do you think of that when people say, you know, this is outdated, um, we don't need to talk about this anymore, there are other views. Like, wh- what do we say when people say we need to just move away from PSA altogether?
0: I've heard lots of Chris, or pseudo, pseudo-Christian ideas say it's no longer the time for, and then they insult insert whatever we, doctrine they feel is not acceptable to the modern age. Mm-hmm. That always ends poorly. Uh, The fact is, the gospel is what it is, and it's foolishness to some, it's going to be craziness to others, it's going to be evil to others. Mm -hmm. We don't get to change the message. It's just that simple. Um, Now, of course, I would say that part of the reason for the want to move away from penal substitutionary atonement tends to be, honestly, misinterpretation of what it means and why we believe it.
2: Um, I mean, if you take away PSA, and Dave and I were, t- were chatting about this earlier, like uh, as I was sitting down contemplating PSA and, and just all the moving parts that are associated with it, like if you take out PSA, you've almost you got to take out, like I said earlier, the, the the sacrificial system. You've got to take out God's mercy, His His wrath. You got to take out uh, justice. You got to take out. Jesus as the great high priest, as the prophet, um, you got to take Christ out as our represent representative. Um, I mean, you can't take, like PSA is at the center of everything when it comes to, to satisfying the wrath of God and, and Christ being our substitute. So I, I, I don't, I'm boggled guys at how it's time for the church to move away. I mean, well, it boggles my mind.
0: I mean, there is some uh, some views that and it comes from honestly very poor, facile understandings of church history and the development of theology. Uh, like, for example, some people would say uh, that the early church didn't really express penal substitutionary atonement as their central uh, uh, understanding of the of the work on the cross. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now of course, that's that's actually kind of true. Mm-hmm. The problem is, of course, that you're missing out the reason for why that is. The fact is, in the early church, they kind of assumed that. Nobody questioned it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that they would give other images to uh, fill out and to express and to explain what the, what the work of Christ was on the cross. Okay, yeah, I, I,
2: think- I get a, a, an example of that in modern terms. Like here in Newfoundland, there was a cod moratorium put in in 92 where now, you know, the the ability to fish cod stocks is significantly, uh, you know, um, removed. Uh, and so, like, if you, if you catch a letter uh, between, you know, someone in the Department of Fisheries talking to a, a skipper of a boat uh, and they don't specifically allude to the fact that there's a cod moratorium, it doesn't mean that there's that there isn't one that there isn't one it's just it just wasn't it was acknowledged it was accepted between the two parties right. right so yeah
3: yeah and just to also add into that in order to be consistent with that kind of line of reasoning i mean i think you've, as you look throughout church history doctrines basically or most doctrines get developed because they're combating some kind of wrong thinking right. some sort of heresy that was developing in the church and then we had to go to the scriptures and and prove why it's wrong and outcomes a doctrine. You know, that's even true of the doctrine of the Trinity. Yep. Um so if you're gonna follow that same logic and argument of, well, it wasn't the early church didn't believe it, you could I could just come back and say, well, I guess Paul didn't believe in the Trinity. Because right. right? Like in which which is clearly just not not true. Like the logic is not really it's not really a great argument. Um so for me and and kind of on that note as well, going back to the original question, I think it's so important when people say things like it's time to do away with to to instantly go well is it biblical mm-hmm. because if it is which we've already said that it is then i mean it, you're essentially saying if you're going to hold that position you're essentially saying well let's do away with the bible and if you're going to say let's do away with the bible well then we're we're not in the same playing field anymore it's not it's not a christian conversation
0: yeah And of course, that's going to be one of the central things too, because again, there are other doctrines that uh, kind of intersperse here that help help some people to say that now is the time for this to go away. And I mean, one of them is going to be a denigration of the of the scriptures. Uh, I mean, within progressive Christian models, usually the scriptures are seen as an expression of what godly men experienced of God mm-hmm. throughout the past. It's not, a, rec- uh, it's not a, uh, a record of what God has revealed to humanity inerrantly, which of course has a bit of a problem in that the scriptures actually claim something different about themselves than that. Uh, the scriptures claim to be theanastas or God-breathed.
1: Uh, Matt, you brought up something earlier. I'd like to touch on. Um, you say if we move PSA, that no, we lose a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. So, won't we break that down, guys? H- how does that work? Why is it that if we remove PSA, we lose, you know, Jesus as our high priest? Um, what else was it you said, Matt?
2: Oh, I said so I, Like things like the old sacrificial system in in the Old Testament. Like, what's the significance of that? What's the, like if if Christ isn't the Lamb of God who takes away sins of the world and becomes our substitute? How do you explain the Israelites putting their hands upon the goat and casting it out? like it's...
0: Yeah, and I think that's actually kind of a minor one. I mean, more major ones. Are, and that, I, I say that with some trepidation, because mm. it's a huge part of the Old Testament system. But, I mean, how do we discuss justice unless sin is really wrong? Like not on a minor kind of oh well brokenness and that kind of thing. I mean, it's evil. Mm-hmm. How do we have? How do we deal with real evil? Unless we're going to say that God actually has a settled distrust, hatred, opposition to evil.
1: Which is what I think. You know, obviously, you want a God you believe in to do. You don't want a God that's going to just allow evil or just to sit back and just let it all happen and
0: do nothing about it. And well, not just on the want kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like we have as humans a visceral response to evil. Like when I see, uh, I don't know, children being uh, used in terrible ways in slavery and things, I don't just simply say, oh, well, that's that's not the positive thing. That's not human flourishing my my response is anger and
3: there's a reason for that because we're built in an image yeah to reflect
0: to be the image of god so when we say that god if god doesn't have that kind of wrath against evil we're saying that we're either saying that our visceral response to evil is wrong mm-hmm. or we're saying that god doesn't match that
2: but this is why Good Friday and PSA is so beautiful. It is because, like when you talk about God must respond and destroy and punish or whatever uh, adjective or is it an adverb, whatever you want to use to describe the act of God taking care of sin, um, you have to ask who is evil. We're all evil, every single one of us. I mean, Romans, right? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There's no one who seeks after God, no, not one, right? Go go ahead, Steve.
0: And I just want to be careful there because we're not then just saying that, well, evil is a minor thing that doesn't matter because we're all evil. Mm. I'm saying that evil really is evil. Yep. Yep.
2: And so and like, just, and just following along that, that logic, that the logic here, like going back to what Moses said about God in Exodus, God must punish the, the guilty. And so by virtue, because we are all sinful at our, at, at our core, we must be taken, like our sin must be taken care of. Right. Right. Now, where does that lead? We all deserve death. Yeah. I'm just going to lay it out there. We all deserve death, but this is why PSA is so beautiful. Because God, through his law, requires us to live to certain expectations, to fulfill his, his, his perfect requirement and perfect—what's uh, the word I'm looking for, boys? Just There's a requirement God has upon us through his law to fulfill. None of us can fulfill that. None To of be us holy. Can. Is he is holy, you mean? There you go. I think that's a great way to, to put it. But Christ does. Yeah. And this is what happened on Good Friday. He became our substitute so that—because we can't stand before God and say, you know what, God? Here's what I've done. Here's how I've upheld your law, or here's how I've upheld your law. No, because we're all going to fall short, as Paul reminds us in Romans.
1: And it's not even Good Friday.
2: Well, I know. I just I'm yeah, saying yeah, that because we're no, talking. No, but,
1: <laughs> yeah, but let's move forward. Because again, like the atonement, you know, also includes the resurrection. Because because he died. I mean, the resurrection couldn't happen if he didn't die. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's the defeat of death. But you know, um, Ephesians two. Uh, verses 4, says, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ, even though we are dead in trespasses. You are saved by grace. He also raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. I mean, that's a mouthful, but it's that couldn't happen if that price, if that penalty, if that substitution wasn't made on the cross. Right,
0: and of course we would have to be left with the with the the token that um, there is no redemption of evil, that the world as it is, you know, when we see bad things happen, when we see horrible things happen, when we see, you know, all, that there is there literally is no meaning to it, then because, I mean, God had no wrath. So God doesn't care about this. God doesn't care about the fact that, you know, you're dealing with horrible things. Mm-hmm. And I mean, again, don't don't hear me saying, you know, like just, you know, thing minor things, but God cares deeply about the way that we treat one another. He cares deeply about the way that you were uh, wronged in the past, and he is going to make it right.
1: Amen. Um so also, so with Jesus being our high priest, we see that in Hebrews, right? We, you know, don't, we, have, we don't have a high priest who cannot uh, empathize. empathize with us, right? Um, the reason Christ can do that is because he suffered and he experienced sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, it, he, he couldn't empathize with us.
0: And he, he, he actually experienced it in far greater ways than any of us could,
1: Absolutely, right. Matt, Matt talked about it before the pinnacle on the cross is when Jesus says, you "No, know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Or like, why have you abandoned me?" And it's at that moment that we can see that you know all of our sin. You know, it says that uh, God had made Him who knew no sin to be our sin. All of our sin, you know, past, present, future, is laid upon Jesus as that sacrifice, as um, that lamb or like the, the goat that was in the Day of Atonement. And that as I go took on the sins of Israel, they laid their hands on and was led out into the wilderness to die. It took the sins with it. It was a representation to Israel that this is what your sin does. That happened on the cross. And it's because of that that Jesus, as God the Son, as you no, know, but fully man, fully God, can thereby experience and know what it means to have that forsakenness of sin, not to be separated from the Father, but to know what sin results in, and then can be our high priest and go to God on our behalf. And that is amazing.
0: Oh, and that gets another really huge thing that that would be missing if we didn't have penal substitutionary atonement. Right now, I can think of things in my heart and in my life that were oppositions to God, that were terrible things that I did to other people, Mm -hmm. and... I can come to God in boldness now, not because I'm awesome or because I have dealt with the sin, but because
2: Christ has. But you are awesome, Steve.
0: Yeah, not that way. Aww.
1: Aww. <laughs> Some sweet. All right, guys. So, what, what other benefits can we get from you no. Know, Believing or subscribing to PSA, we've talked about a few benefits. Are there any other benefits that we can get from believing this?
0: Well, I mean, I I just want to keep explaining that one that, you know, just our acceptance before God, Mm -hmm. like, it doesn't matter how bad you think you are, God has handled it because he's taken the full wrath of himself on Christ for your sake. So right now if you if you're saying you know well there's no way God could could possibly forgive me well let's face it he took the full wrath of God on Christ and so it's not a minor thing it's not Uh, uh, And and it's not just, you know, God simply saying, well, oh, maybe I I accepted. I can turn to the the cross, see Christ's suffering, and then see Christ's resurrection on the third day, and realize that there is an unequivocal, objective seal on my acceptability before God. Mm -hmm. And it isn't just my opinion. It isn't just my feelings. God accepts me because I stand
2: in Christ. And there's there's a word that we're we're not we're not hitting that I think we, we should. It's called imputation. That's a that's a, a party word. If you're ever at a, at a party with a bunch of other Christians and you really want to impress people, just drop the word imputation or propitiation as or Dave propitiation or a, any word that ends in shun, and you will be mm-hmm. the life of the party. You will not be shunned. You've heard it here, folks. It's
3: our first party word in one.
2: Right? While. It is. Yeah. Well, two. We got two in one episode. Right, so anyway, so imputation, and so on the cross, our the, the guilt of our sin and our sin has been imputed upon uh, the Christ's shoulders, and his righteousness has been imputed or transferred to us, and so mm-hmm. that's kind of what we're all. talking about, but we just haven't hit that word.
1: I think we also get a benefit too in different ways of describing the gospel. We've hit on this very early on in this podcast series, how we have, you know, God, man, Christ response. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, PSA applies that very directly, right? You know, God created us, man fell, we messed it all up. Um, Christ is our solution. He's the one that died in our place, reconciled us to God. Um, And then we respond to that. Either we accept Christ or we don't. There's no in-between there. Uh, But I think this also adds as well so much richness to the other view of creation, fall, redemption, and consummation. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's amazing because God created, we, we had the fall, Christ redeems it, but then in the end it will all be consummated, it will all be made right in the ending. And we see that in the other theories so of atonement we mentioned earlier right and i think that's something that people miss is that yeah you can you know have we'll say a preferred view like you, if you'd like to think more of christus victor or reconciliation but you can't do so as well or sometimes even at all i think without having
3: psa yeah so i'm gonna actually steve you, you can jump in if you're gonna respond to that because i'm gonna add in another balloon
0: well, I, I don't know if I'm actually responding to that or, or adding something else, too, because... But my, my view would be, too, that PSA actually arrived, uh, gives us the... I don't know, uh, it, it gives us the glory of God, which is a big thing. Mm. I mean, because if we don't have uh, atonement through Christ's work alone to, to reconcile us to God, we're going to imagine that we've got something to recommend ourselves to God, we're going to actually make this more or less about the glory of god and more about the glory of me mm-hmm. because you know i uh, i don't know anywhere from i was good enough that god would forgive me or i'm more accept I, I, I god loves me because gosh darn it i'm just so lovable but instead of i'm god loves me because god sovereignly chose to save me by his own work and taking upon himself the punishment i was richly due
3: Mm-hmm. So the what I was going to add in there, too, and I think this is hugely important because I think it's something that, you know, basically every Christian struggles with at one point in their life. And, and you know, one of the outcomes of believing in penal substitutionary atonement is the fact, I think, I think a great outcome of that is that we can't lose it. We yeah. can't lose our salvation when, when we see Jesus say in John six thirty seven all that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. If you believe that jesus died for the totality of your sin on the cross and that you know he did that in your place he bore the punishment for you there's no sin there's no amount of future sin that you can do there's no amount of backsliding there's no amount of not going to church there's no amount of you know anything that you can do to then separate you from god you can go to jesus and say no listen you don't get it i've got you know, so many bad thoughts, but Jesus says, you know, I, I will never cast out. You know what I'm saying? I've, I've been a sinner for all my life. I will never cast out, but you don't get it. I've sinned against you. Then I'm the best person to deal with it. I'm I'm talking from gentle and lowly here, trying to quote it in my brain, but it's just such a great truth that because Jesus paid for our sin, because he paid the punishment in our place, because that was such a great sacrifice, it paid the totality we we can basically live with assurance, assurance that we're never going to lose that, that we will be reconciled, that we will be a child of God, and, and there's nothing that we can do to to leave that, because Jesus paid for it. That's what he secured. And I just think that's such a great, you know, when we're in our lowest of lows, when we feel like you know, how, how, does God, how can God even love such a sinner as me? This is where we need to go back to the gospel. This is where we need to remind ourselves of this doctrine and say, I mean, m- maybe it doesn't make sense to us, but that's just how great God's love is.
0: Now, of course, there's a, a, a mirror effect to that, because then there's the other thing that this, the penal substitutionary atonement gives us that uh, we sometimes don't like, and that's humility. Yeah, Because, again, we the only thing we are bringing to our salvation is the sin by which it made our salvation necessary. Um, and that's not going to make me feel very good about myself, but it will make me feel very good about God. And I think that's the important part of it.
1: Um, yeah, part of that humility as well is um, accepting Jesus as the final Passover lamb, right. which we see, you know, It's clearly said in the New Testament, but also, I mean, if you look at just the the connections between the two stories, I mean, Israel, to be saved from that plague of losing your firstborn child, you had to kill that spotless lamb, you know, they they ate it, but also the blood was painted over their, their door frames, and if it wasn't, the angel would not pass by, and it would kill the firstborn, but if it was, the angel would pass by. So essentially that lamb was killed in the place of the firstborn child and it allowed the angel the angel knew then that no, that was you know they had listened to God they had followed the instructions so he's gonna pass over because of the blood that was shed and then Jesus as the final Passover lamb who sheds his blood on the cross for us who dies for us finally once for all so that not just that the angel of death would pass over us so that God's wrath would be satiated in that sacrifice and would no longer be applied to us we see, we, we've already talked about how you know we were objects of wrath before we came to Christ. Yeah. We were enemies of God, but Jesus' sacrifice, that shed blood, that final Passover lamb, it just brings us to God, and it, 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 it's that sacrifice, and it's, it's, it's all biblical. It, it's right there. You can see the connection so clearly of how Jesus is that final sacrifice and that substitute for us.
0: So again, I guess then the question that you asked at the beginning of the show was, what do we lose if we uh, mm-hmm. deny PSA, uh, the Gospel?
1: Yeah, we lose, we lose so much. We lose our reconciliation with people like, we lose the reason why Jesus is even victorious, uh, we, we lose any liberation from evil and sin, we lose any consummation God is going to do to restore creation,
0: we lose any reconciliation to God. We lose any unity with God. We lose the ability to to be trust and know that we are beloved of God.
1: And we lose the ability to be even be reborn and regenerated spiritually, to be made into new creations.
2: I mean, if PSA isn't at the center, how, like how do you explain the tearing of the curtain in the temple when Jesus died? I mean that that's hugely symbolic of showing that reconciliation to God has now happened because of the shed blood of Christ. I mean, everything like it, a lot of things fall apart if PSA is taken out.
0: Yeah, and and I mean, I would go so far as to say that if, if somebody is going to say that Christianity doesn't need PS, uh, penal substitutionary atonement, whatever you're believing, it isn't the Christianity that we see in the Bible.
3: Mm-hmm. But also just to remind everybody too, you know, in case you're listening to this and you're a little fuzzy still on PSA, again, all we're talking about, like, we don't have to walk around being like, do you believe in penal substitutionary atonement? <laughs> but <laughs> we can ask each other, you know, do you believe that Jesus paid the punishment for your sins in your place, and now you can be reconcil- reconciled to God through faith? Yeah, I mean... Like, we you, don't you, need to have this crazy lingo to try and...
1: And you already blended two two theories, or two, two, uh, two you know, thoughts of the atonement, PSA and reconciliation, yep. right? You don't just have to stick to one and say, do you believe that Jesus died in your place? No, do you believe Jesus died in your place so that you can be reconciled or so that he would win over evil in your life
0: if you were to accept him?
2: No, yeah, PSA is just the term we use to try to explain what exactly happened on the cross.
0: Yeah, and of course this gets to a reason why I think uh, why I think we need to actually study theology. Mm-hmm. It's not so that we know the cool words, Mm-hmm. But it's so that we actually understand the totality of what we're saying when we say, Jesus Christ died for your sins.
2: Mm-hmm. But or, you get to know the cool words. That's true. That's uh, true. That is true.
0: And and, and, I, and I hear it's very impressive to the ladies if you can you know use big words.
2: Well, I'm married, and so I, I can't speak to that anymore. So, But, but I'm to, not married,
0: so I can speak to that it doesn't really work. <laughs>
3: but to bring this back to seriousness, <laughs> <laughs> if you... If you truly understand the doctrine, I mean, we've talked about humility. You know, I think if you really do understand things like PSA well, and you, you have a good biblical theology, that's going to mean that you show that in humility, not in a cage or with a stick beating people over the head with it.
0: Right.
1: Yeah, you can't you can't under, understand and not be humble. Mm-hmm. You can't understand and not realize that I have nothing to give. Mm-hmm. None of this was done for me. It was God's plan. It was God the Son, again bearing God the Father's wrath as a different person of the Trinity, um, and now God the Son is at the right hand of the Father, going to Him on our behalf. Mm-hmm. And
0: all of that done while I was yet His enemy. Yeah. it's
1: It's God reaching down to us, and it's so beautiful. Uh, So thank you guys for this conversation. It's been very inspiring, and especially as we lead up to Easter. Um, If you're listening to this, this episode is probably after Easter, but uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it with us. And if you guys have any questions or uh, you want to hear even more on uh, PSA, again, this is only an hour episode on a huge uh, portion of our faith. Uh, Feel free to reach out, let us know, contact any of us through Mile One Mission. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you again next week. Thanks, guys.
0: God bless. You have been listening to Rugged Theology. Rugged Theology is a podcast of Mile One Mission. If you'd like to know more about Mile One Mission and our work in Newfoundland, please visit us at www.mileonemission.ca.